When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Live from Liverpool, the Dark Paranormal, Season 7. Hi everyone and welcome back to the Dark Paranormal, Season 7. I can't believe we're already at the penultimate episode for this season. Yep, only one more episode to go before we take our season break and return for Season 8. Since announcing that we will be amalgamating both famous stories and your true listener experiences in every season going forward, we've been inundated with your true paranormal experiences. But that doesn't mean we don't need more. So, if you are sitting on a true paranormal experience which you believe would fit the dark paranormal, Email it over to thedarkparanormal at hotmail.com. And that's also the email address if you just wish to email in to comment on the show. We've had a lot of emails regarding last week's episode, The Family Reaper. Apparently that found a lot of you leaving the lights on when you went to bed. And I can't say I blame you. In today's episode, we hear about somebody who's doing their best to try and move on from a harrowing upbringing. But what do you do when your tormentor seems unstoppable, even once dead? However, before we take a deep dive into today's true paranormal experience, we of course need to thank our wonderful Patreons. When you sign up to Patreon, not only do you receive these episodes ad-free and before everyone else, You can also receive exclusive access to our Patreon-only podcast, Dark Bites, a show which airs each and every week, even during the downtime between seasons. And with a break in seasons coming up, that means two things. Firstly, you'll still receive a weekly dose of your dark paranormal stories, and secondly, you'll receive the premiere episode of Season 8 before everyone else. We've built a wonderful community of like-minded paranormal enthusiasts over on Patreon, and we'd like to extend an exclusive invitation just for you. Simply head over to patreon.com forward slash thedarkparanormal. Just like these wonderful new team members have, Jess, Emma, Dunny, Pace, Francesca, Carendi, Patrick Walsh, Alice Pavi, Jack Coleman, Luke Hughes, Amanda Jones, Kenzie Lee, Danita Kelly, Aaron Hetrick, Lee Kane, Ethan, William Marriott, Hannah Ashley, Jesse, Madison Bondi, Paul Greer, Tommy Jordan, Lindsay Irish, Pater Than Chuck, Shannon Mercado, Fiona, Patty Mendonca, Evelyn Davis, Abby, Adrian R, Crystal Tongay, Phoebe Jane C, Lauren Dolan, Choi Kerales, Andrew Hale, Joe Williams, Corey Schaefer, Jessica Maroney and Alex Goodman. Thank you so much guys. I truly hope you enjoy all of the Dark Bites episodes during the downtime between seasons coming up 
and of course, the early access to that debut episode of Season 8. So once more guys, if you wish to join the team, head over to patreon.com forward slash the dark paranormal. Now, today's true paranormal experience looks at the horrific aspect of what happens when the people who are meant to look after you are the ones doing you harm. And what if that apparent hatred, that need to terrorise, is so strong that it survives death? Well, let's lower the lights, make yourself comfortable, and of course, leave your disbelief at the door, as we hear all about a relentless evil. The outskirts of Cardiff are, from my experience, just like any other fringe area of the larger cities within the UK. The further you seem to go out into the suburbs, the more the metropolitan divide becomes clear. Everything's a bit, well, insular. The scenery, the attitudes of the people who live there. If there's one thing these fringe areas all seem to have in common... It's the industrial estate. A few hundred acres of land consisting mainly of warehouses, occupied by varying types of companies, haulage, DIY trade places, offices for smaller companies. These places are usually almost inaccessible on foot, and if you don't drive, like I didn't when my experience takes place, your only option is a bus which usually takes three times that of a car journey, as it circles the area, picking up workers for the industrial estate from the far reaches of each suburb. My place of work at the time was a small office at the back of the estate. I was in a sales role, and it was intense to say the least. The management would almost get angry at you if you pointed out that the job was basically cold-calling companies, to check on their office supplies. They would say, change your attitude. You're not cold calling. You're trying to save people money. The usual sales drivel that you're fed by some manager who was in his ninth sales position in as many months. As you may have guessed, I loathed the place. It was a cutthroat operation where people were let go weekly, especially if their personal target wasn't met. I was actively looking elsewhere, but not having much luck. I hated walking through that door each day, cursing under my breath. Then, one day, a new girl started, Haley. The first thing you noticed about Haley was how stunning she was. Like, head-turning stunning. And of course, all the guys in the office were quick to offer a seat next to them, to start her training on the system. We made eye contact and I motioned to the chair next to me. Like someone threw her a lifeline, she smiled back and briskly walked over. To say we got on well would be an understatement. There was an instant connection. We had similar tastes in music, TV. You name it, we could have a two-hour conversation about it. So I was thrilled when the IT guys came and set a desk up opposite mine for once she was trained up. 
See, I don't make friends easily. I'm not purposefully obtrusive. I just don't have that girly personality. I couldn't name a designer brand if I tried. And my makeup regime consists of moisturizer and lip balm. I'm sure there's plenty of women like me out there. I just rarely come into contact with them, especially in a sales environment. Outwardly, myself and Haley look chalk and cheese, but like the saying goes, looks can be deceiving, and we quickly became the closest of friends. One Thursday evening, there was only myself and Haley in the office. Everyone, including the manager, had gone home. This was a common occurrence, especially if, as in our case, you hadn't yet hit your target for the week. Deciding I'd had enough, I powered down my PC. I'm heading off, are you coming? No, she replied. I'm going to do another half hour and try and make a dent into tomorrow. I double-checked that she'd be okay on her own and I headed off to get my bus. Friday morning, I was summoned to the manager's office. I'd never been in here before and thoughts were running through my brain. Was I getting fired? I hadn't missed a target yet. Surely they wouldn't. Lisa, began my manager, and I could tell by his face this wasn't going to be a good conversation. I'm interviewing everyone today. I believe you and Haley were the last ones in the office last night. Yes, I said. I left about 6.30. Haley stayed on to do another hour. Did she now? He said, sitting back in his chair. An awkward pause took place before I said, Uh, yes. He leant forward, placing one arm on the desk. Well, I got an alert to say the silent office alarm was triggered at 7pm last night. I only saw it around 9pm, so I headed down. The door was wide open and, well, the petty cash tin was missing. £300 in total. This was the first I'd even heard of the office having a petty cash tin. You don't think it was Haley, surely? I asked. Well, if you're saying you were gone by 6.30. I was. I got the quarter two bus, I interjected. Well then, that means Haley was the only one here at the time. So, you do the math. I clearly had a face of disbelief. As he then said, I know. Looks like butter wouldn't melt as well. Would you send Haley in, please? I walked back to our desk to see Haley's inquisitive face peering back at me over the desk divide. What's all that about? she asked. What time did you leave last night? I muttered quietly. About ten past seven, why? Haley! shouted the manager from his doorway. Have you got a minute? Haley pulled a this is weird face at me and headed off to the office. Looking through the windows, I could see Haley getting animated in the chair. Then she had her head in her hands. Shit, she had done it, but she just confessed. The door opened, and out came Haley, followed by the manager. She'd clearly been crying, 
as she silently and quickly grabbed her bag and coat and was escorted out of the building. I headed down shortly after to try and grab her to see what had happened, but I just caught sight of her car pulling out of the car park and driving away. Of course, I immediately tried calling her, but I had no joy. Finally, she texted me, asking if I would meet her for a drink that evening. That night started awkwardly as I waited for her to start the conversation. Her stance on the matter would dictate how this night would go. After some small talk, she took a deep breath. Lisa, I didn't take it, she said, shaking her head. I slowly nodded. I believe you, Hales, but you must admit it looks suspect, you being the only one there. Her eyes welled up with tears. The thing is, I know exactly who took it, she said. I leant in. Who? She played with a beer mat in her hands. My dad. Well, I, I wasn't expecting that. Your dad? She slowly nodded. Oh, you'll think I'm mad. No, no, go on, I said, intrigued about how she'd come to that conclusion. Well, my dad was a horrible person, Lisa. He used to batter my mother. He abused me when I was younger and beat me up when I got older. I didn't know what to say to such horrifying information. Christ, I muttered. We had to get away from him. So last year, me and mum moved from Glasgow to her sister's down here, to my aunt's house. And he came looking for us. He'd sit outside my aunt's house in his car. He'd send flowers with apologies on the card, saying he can't live without us and all things like that. One night, he was really drunk outside on the street, swearing and throwing his empties at the house. You're gonna regret this, you bitches! Shouting things like that. God, that sounds just awful. Did you phone the police? I asked. Oh, aye. He'd gone by the time they arrived, though. He wasn't back the next day. Or the day after that. And the day following, the police came. He drunkenly drove down to the Forest of Dean and hung himself. A jogger found him there. Jesus... I muttered. I told my ma I wasn't going the funeral. She said that she was, and I flipped out. I didn't understand why she would give him that time of day. She was all, oh, he wasn't always like that, and such bollocks. Anyway, we fell out and I moved out. Haley paused and took a large sip of her drink. Her story was so horrific it took a moment for the thing that was bugging me to make itself known. But, hold on, you said you think your dad took the money? Haley nodded. Yeah, this is the mad part. See, since the funeral, I think he's been tormenting me. What? Like his ghost, I said. Again, Haley nodded. Lisa, I know it sounds mad, but there are things happening. 
in the house, in the car. I didn't know what to say. Clearly the girl was traumatised by what she'd endured. Maybe she was losing her grip on reality due to the stress of it all. God knows how someone gets through something like that. Things like what? I asked. She shook her head. You name it. Things going missing, shadows running round the house. Something fucking with my steering wheel on the motorway when I'm going 80 miles an hour. Jesus, what are you going to do? I said. I don't know, she muttered. And again, her eyes filled up. I've been all over the web looking for advice, sage, things like that. Nothing's working this far, though. I've no idea. Is is your mum going through it too? I asked. Haley smiled and shook her head. Would you believe she says it's my own fault for not going to the funeral and paying my respects? You're kidding, I said in disbelief. No, mother of the year, eh? More drinks followed, and we eventually, drunkenly, switched topics. And we actually ended up having a pretty decent night, all things considered. Let's have a quick break to talk to you about Policy Genius. Now, we all like to put off life insurance talk because it reminds us of our mortality. But life insurance isn't about death, it's about life. It's about ensuring the lives of those you love remain secure and comfortable. And I'm sure many of you will think, well, I'm covered through work or I'm covered through my bank account. But believe me, you want to check those finer details because you may be surprised what you're actually covered for. And this is exactly where Policy Genius come into their own. Yes, we could talk about how Policy Genius is America's leading online insurance marketplace or how their award-winning agents will walk you step by step through the entire process. But the best thing about Policy Genius for me is they don't have a dog in the fight. They're not going to strong arm you towards one company or another. They've no incentive to do so. Their only incentive is to listen to your needs, scour America's top companies, and find you the best price. For example, with Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that begin at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options even offer same day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. There's a reason why Policy Genius has thousands of five star reviews on Google and Trustpilot, and you'll find out what it is when you tick life insurance off your to do list with Policy Genius. So head over to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you can save. That's policygenius.com. The next morning, I somehow dragged my hungover self into work. I text Haley. We had a good night last night with a kiss. She read it almost immediately, but didn't reply. Lisa! It was the manager from his doorway. Have you got a sack? He said in an unfamiliar, friendly tone. I walked into his office. Please, take a seat. This was all a bit suspicious. Or maybe I was just too hungover. So, he began. It's a bit of an awkward one, this. Have you spoken with Haley? I nodded. Yeah, I was with her last night. He nodded back. How is she? Well, how do you think? I replied. Well, the thing is, he said, reaching under his desk and pulling out a small cash tin. 
it turns out, and it's quite funny, really. He placed the tin on the desk. No, I thought. Tell me he hasn't tore the poor girl to pieces over nothing. The cleaner found this in her cleaning cupboard behind a load of boxes. So Haley was sacked for nothing, I declared, my voice not hiding my disgust at the situation. In the most sheepish way imaginable, he tried to backtrack. Well, 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 maybe she was putting it there to take it back at a later date, once it all died down. Really? I said. That's the angle you're going for? Listen, he interrupted. The point is, if you want to speak to her and see if she wants to come back in for a chat, I'm sure I could persuade the higher-ups to take her back on. Bollocks. I've heard this book-passing language too many times. There was no higher-ups. There was only the owner. A guy we'd never seen before who just invested in the company and tried his luck. A guy who 100% wasn't even aware of anything going missing. No. This is all just a ruse made by the stupid idiot opposite me holding a cash tin. I shook my head in disgust. I'll speak to her, but I wouldn't be surprised if she tells you to jump. I left Haley a voicemail explaining what had taken place in that meeting and suggested I come round to hers to talk it through. She quickly replied to that message with a text. No, I've got decorators in at the moment. The place is a mess. Shall I come to yours? Sure, I replied, giving her my address. That evening, Haley came round with a bottle of wine. I declined. My hangover still hadn't abated, and I was in no mood for her of the dog. Haley, personally, I'd love for you to come back. But at the same time, this bastard can't get away with this. You should take them to court for wrongful dismissal, I said, leaning against the counter. Haley poured herself a large glass of wine and shook her head. No, I'm not going back and I'm not suing him. I told you, this was my dad's doing. He got me sacked. Unintentionally sounding annoyed, I said, So what? Your dad took the money and hid it knowing you'd get the blame. Recognising my disbelief, she snapped back. You don't believe me then? She shook her head. Seriously, you have no bloody idea. I quickly fell over myself to apologise. I'm sorry, Hales, it's just I can't believe you don't want to see this manager get what's coming to him. I'm truly not bothered about him or the job, Lisa. I'll get another job. And I'm good for a few months cash-wise, she said. The night started to wind down and I offered to ring Haley a cab. She said she'd sooner walk home and I said I'd walk home with her. Hopefully the air would shift the remnants of my hangover. Given she was slightly drunk, I walked her up the path and made sure she got through the door okay. As I stood in the path while she fumbled through her bag for her keys... I glanced into the living room through the window. Even in the low light, it was blatantly obvious that no decorating had or was taking place in the house. She just didn't want me inside. Haley thanked me for getting her home safe and 
I walk back home deep in thought. Why wouldn't she want me in her house? We spoke sporadically over the next week, but that thought kept nagging me. Why did she lie about the decorators? The next weekend I went to the shops by where Haley lived and decided to walk past her house. As I slowly walked past, I seen movement through the window and then before I knew it, I found myself walking up her path and knocking on the door. What the fuck was I doing? Haley answered with a surprised look on her face. A burning smell wafted out from the hallway. Lisa, she said, startled. Uh, Are you okay? Hales, I'm sorry to just drop in on you, but I'm bursting for the loo. Do you mind? I hopped on the spot to imply desperation. What was her doing? If she didn't want me in her house, then that's her business. This was typical me, forcing things as usual. Haley looked reluctant and slowly opened the front door wider. Sure, it's upstairs first on the left. Thanks, Hales, I said as I jogged up the stairs to the bathroom. Coming back down, Haley was still holding the front door open. Fancy a cuppa? I said as I walked down the stairs. Well, I'm quite busy, you see, and... Oh, come on, I haven't seen you in ages. Haley kind of sighed and closed the front door. Living room's through there, she said, pointing to the front room. It's two sugars, right? Yes, please, I said as I entered the front room. There was a thick, smoky fog hovering around the ceiling and about six used sage bundles sitting on a tray on the coffee table. Have you had a bonfire in here? I joked as she passed me the cup of tea. Haley slumped on the couch next to me, smudging. Sorry, I said. Smudging. That's what all this is, she nodded to the tray. Everyone on the internet swears by it to get rid of, you know, spirits and that. Oh, right, I replied. Are you still having all of... I spilt my tea over my legs with fright. What was that? Haley shot up and looked out into the hallway. I followed quickly behind. Fuck, she muttered. There in the hallway was a now very broken wooden side table. One that I'd passed on the landing when I went to the toilet. I gripped her arm as we both heard movement upstairs. Stop it! She shouted up the stairs. Well, quite obviously someone was in the house. Maybe it was the upstairs she was having decorated. Is that the decorators? I asked. Haley ignored me and walked back into the living room. She sat down and put her head in her hands. It's getting out of control now. He started doing things like that. She nodded to the hallway. No, there's someone upstairs, surely. I almost smiled in reply. Haley shook her head. Go and check. An instant fear went through me. I found myself shaking my head. It's like a whirlwind of... She struggled to find the words. Like a static energy. It would happen maybe every few days and then it turned to every day and now it's almost on the hour and then there's the night time 
I'll be lying in bed and I'll see this shadow figure slowly coming through the ceiling, upside down, like head first. It would stop around its waist and just stare at me. I squeezed my eyes shut like this. She gave a demonstration, contorting her face tightly, over and over and over again until he goes. But he's coming through further through the ceiling each night. It's like he's almost about to drop down at the end of my bed. I honestly don't know what to do. What the fuck was that? I said to Haley, as a scream from upstairs rose me to my feet. I've never been so scared that adrenaline literally rose me against my will and brought me to my feet. But I was then. What is it? I whispered harshly. Twice a day that happens. No change in it. The exact same sound, exact same scream each time. Haley finally broke down. Lisa, I'm at the end of me rope here. She fell into my arms sobbing. I mean uncontrollably sobbing. Almost going limp in my arms. Right, right, get a bag together. You're staying with me for a while. Let's get you out of here. I stood with the front door wide open whilst Haley grabbed some essentials before locking the door and heading to her car. I'm sorry for breaking down earlier, Haley said over a takeaway that evening. Don't be daft, I replied. In truth, I was still in shock at what had taken place that afternoon. I don't know how you managed to stay there whilst all that was going on, I said. Well, what options did I have? I'm sorry that you've seen what you did, but I'm glad at the same time. No one would believe me, and my own mother thinks I brought it on myself. I just shook my head. Haley stared into space. I've got an uncle in our broth. I may get myself up there. He's, he's a good man. No, don't be moving away, I quickly replied. We'll find a way of sorting this out. I've no bloody idea how, but you're safe here. And we'll figure something out. Hales, don't worry. I truly didn't want Haley to go. Partly because she obviously deserved a pain-free life. And I wanted to help her have that. And partly because, well, she was the first friend I'd felt close to in years. I know that's selfish of me, but that's the truth. Later we moved to the couch and started to watch a film. I walked over to get my handbag and check my phone but it wasn't in my handbag as it always was, and my handbag was open. I distinctly remember zipping it shut before doing the dishes. Thinking carefully before I spoke, I said, It's fine if you have, but have you been in my bag? Haley's face looked affronted. No, Lisa, I haven't been in your handbag, she replied, in the tone of the recently accused. No, no, it's just, I just wanted to check my emails, but my phone isn't here. Do you think I took it? Don't be daft, I quickly replied. But even a small part of me did wonder if she did. What other answer could there be? Well, an answer came soon enough, and not one that either of us wanted. I'm sure it'll turn up, I said, returning to the living room. Mine's upstairs if you want me to go and ring yours, said Haley, rising to her feet. Sure, that's a good idea. 
We both froze in silence as we watched something clearly drop from the ceiling to the carpet. It was my phone, as if it just materialised out of thin air. Was, was it on the light shade, maybe? I said, looking up to the ceiling. I don't know, Haley replied. Well, maybe it was, I muttered, as if that would be okay. As if my phone finding its way from my handbag to the light shade was the most rational thing to have happened. But the truth was, it was either that, or it appeared from thin air. That night I shown Haley to her room. I said we should both sleep with our room doors open, just in case she needed me in the night. In truth, the iPhone experience downstairs had shook me beyond words. And although I was eternally grateful that Haley was in the next room, I still had this awful feeling that we were not alone in the house. I put some music on low to try and distract my thoughts and slowly started to finally drift to sleep. I woke to the sound of something tapping against my bedroom window. I was facing that way as I slept, so I slowly opened my eyes and peered over to the window. I couldn't make anything out in the blackness of outside, and suddenly the tapping became slower. Suddenly, another sound caught my attention. A long, deep breath seemed to be coming from the other side of my room. I turned my head and stared at my bedroom door. Something about it unsettled me, but I didn't immediately realise what. I anxiously waited for my eyes to adjust and make out the outline of the doorframe. Haley, I whispered. Then, I saw it. The door was six foot six at least, and peering over it was the shadow of a head. I screamed and turned the light on. It disappeared. Haley came running in. What? What's just happened? What have you seen? I just pointed towards the door. There was someone there, looking over the door, like over the door. I was shaking. Haley just stared at the door, holding my hand and stroking it. Please, God, no. Please, God, no. She muttered over and over again under her breath. We both stayed in my bed and neither of us slept a wink. The next morning, over breakfast, we discussed the previous night's happenings. I say we see a priest, I said to Haley. There's no we, though, is there? Haley replied. You mean I should see a priest? Well, well, I guess so. This isn't right, Haley. It's not your fault, obviously, but you still need to face it head on. It's clearly not going anywhere with Sage, is it? Haley just nodded. No, you're right. I'll have a look around today. I made my way to work, somehow managing to drag my shattered carcass through the eight hours of auto-dialed cold calls. Arriving home around six, I walked in the living room to find a note on the table. It was from Haley. It said she was sorry, but she can't let him start to ruin my life too. She needed to take care of it herself. It said she'd spoken with her uncle in our broth and explained the situation. He believed her straight away and 
by the time I would finish reading the note, she'd be halfway there. She thanked me for believing her and again apologised for any trouble she'd caused. I put down the note and I rung her immediately. No, surely not. I text her. One tick shown, not two. It was undelivered. Either the number was no longer active or she'd blocked me. I went to her house in case she'd not yet left and there was her landlord locking the door as I arrived. Excuse me, have you seen Haley? I asked. No. Apparently she dropped an envelope off at the office with the keys. No forwarding address. She didn't even ask about her deposit. Mind, there's a few breakages in there anyway, and in truth she probably I stopped listening to him. I turned around and headed back home. Four months later, I returned home from my new job and find flowers on my doorstep. The note reads, Sorry, I had to do this on my own. Just to let you know, I think it's done. And a smiley face. From Haley, And a new mobile number. It took me a while to reach out to her. I had a genuine feeling of betrayal. But I did reach out. And I'm glad I did. We've yet to meet up and I've yet to ask how she managed to resolve the situation. But I will ask her. I'll even ask if she's willing to send in her own version of events for you and the listeners. A truly amazing version of the paranormal events that took place with Lisa and Haley. Now, in truth, I first received this email about nine months ago and I held on to it in the hope that I would then receive a further email with Haley's side of the story and last month I received that email so I'm really excited to tell you all that the season finale for season 7 will be the version of events from Haley after she left Lisa and went to our broth to finally deal with this malevolent spirit. So I truly can't wait to wrap all of this up for you next week. And that brings us to an end of the penultimate episode of Season 7. As ever, thank you for choosing to spend your time with me here on The Dark Paranormal. Before I go, a little bit of light entertainment. Last week, myself and fellow podcaster Emma from Real Life Ghost Stories podcast visited a haunted hotel to do a paranormal investigation. The old King's Head in Chester was built around 1600 and, let's just say, a few things went bump in the night. If you want to see that episode, the link is in the show notes. Or you can search My Haunted Hotel on YouTube and we're on episode 12, halfway through. But until next week for the season finale, remember... When you're discussing the paranormal, always try and leave some of your disbelief at the door. And I'll see you next time, here, on The Dark Paranormal. <laughs>